We are in a series that we started last week called Basic Needs. Would you say that with me? Basic Needs. One more time. Basic needs, that's right. And what we've done is we've identified that, um, that in each and every one of us, God has put in us some basic needs. Uh, when it comes physically, and we talked about this last week, we all have to have water or we die. We have to have food or we die. We have to breathe air or we die. And so we talked about, you know, those are the, if you will, the natural basic needs, uh, the physical basic needs. We're seeing that, you know, when it comes to um, all that's happening with all the, uh, you know, all the storm surges and all this. And people are losing homes and stuff. And they have their basic needs that need to be, you know, helped out and met. And so people are sending food. They're sending finances. They're sending water and all that. You know, they're going down there. And hats off to a number of our folks in the church that went down and were cooking and, uh, and serving down in Houston uh, last week. And just proud of you for doing that. So so we connected this whole thing to the four basic needs that we have in our soul. That God create us, created us to have some basic needs. And we and counselors and therapists say that there are about eight or ten of these. And we've kind of condensed them into four as we see them in scripture. And uh, we started last week with our first basic need was security. That you and I needed to be secure in who we were. And that, uh, and that when, you know, when, when we don't know if you're going to stay with us or you're going to abandon us and go run off with another woman. Or if you know, we don't know if you're going to fire us just because you had a bad day. That insecurity creates such difficulty in our lives and causes us to act out and do things that are inappropriate and, and we all need security. But at the end of the day, you cannot derive the base security of who you are from someone else. You got to get it from God and God alone. Somebody say amen to that. And in that, we find our identity when we become secure in who we are in Christ and we can walk into a room and it doesn't matter if, what people are laughing about. doesn't matter if we lose our job. We know that God will provide for us because we are his. And we talked about that and then we laid out that the other three uh, basic needs that we have, which we'll talk about one today, which is uh, we, need, we need intimacy. That's our second basic need that we need in our soul security intimacy then we need to know our purpose why we're here on the planet which we'll talk about next week and then the final one is community because outside of community no one can survive as an island we need community and so we connected this whole thing to uh to plant life and so last week we we took this little uh planter box and we put some some dirt in it and uh for you guys that were here last week um the fact that I'm not a very good at this whole thing, I went and bought the wrong uh, uh, dirt. I bought the uh, manure-enriched dirt and uh, opened that up inside this room, and you could not breathe for the first 10 minutes in this room. So we ran around trying to clear that out, and we got that fixed, and then we put our, we put our three tomato plants, as you can recognize, and, uh, and so we're hoping to grow some tomatoes. And uh, we, 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 uh, because I'm, I'm really good and everything on the Internet is true, I researched, since I don't know how to grow any thing myself and found out that for these tomato plants to grow they had some basic needs uh first off they had to be in good soil they had to have good air in other words i couldn't lock them in a back room somewhere where they couldn't they couldn't really breathe out and same thing any living organism organism needs that air working and so i couldn't put them in smog put them you know uh in a smog environment had to have some good clean air then of course they need water to grow they need sunlight to grow so we've been putting it out front so the sunlight could get to it and and then we've been doing our best to water it. i forgot it for a couple of days so hopefully there's something that might no they, but they they helped me out and then of course we put these two uh homie grown the uh homey thingies goody what were these yellow one's called marigold rounds so these are marigold rounds and um and those are i don't know the name of them it's something like that who cares you're not going to go look it up anyway so and so 
You're not going to go plant them. And so, but these are in place, these two yellow ones, because they actually fight off and give off something that causes the bugs to stay off of these other ones. So, and we connected that, that every one of us needs some friends around us to help fight off the bugs. Come on, somebody. <coughs> and they can be our merry golds or whatever we want to call them. And, so, and I'm so excited because if you'll notice, if you can see it this far, we're not zooming in today, but if you can see it, they've actually grown about an inch. I'm so excited. And so our goal is that by the end of this series, that, we, they, that they produce enough tomatoes that we all can have tomatoes. And it will happen because I put the manure in there and it's going to work. <laughs> but I do want to connect the whole growth of these plants to our own personal growth. See, we've got to continue growing. Some of you think that just because you became a Christian now it's all done and all, it's all satisfied. Friend, can I tell you something? That's, just because we put the seed in the ground doesn't mean that you're producing yet. We all have to grow and continue to grow. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for 100 years. You still have to continue growing and becoming more like Christ. So with this series, we're hoping to help you get the basic needs so that you can continue growing and growing and growing. So with that being said, today we're talking about intimacy, which is, if you will, our second basic need that each and every one of us has. And, uh, and so intimacy is defined... Write this down, a close, familiar relationship that is affectionate and loving. A close, familiar relationship uh, that is affectionate and loving. That's what intimacy really looks like. So there's this gentleman who decided he wanted to know God. He wanted to be intimate with the living God. And he heard all these other preachers, but they didn't seem like they really knew God. But he found this group of monks. And boy, they seemed like they really knew God. So he went and he not went over to the monastery and he said, Do you guys know what it is to be real intimate with God? Does he speak to you? Does he show you things? He said, Yes, he does. And he said, Well, I want that same thing. I want to join the monastery. They said, Oh, well, then you're going to have to go through the th- same thing we went through. Well, what is it? I'm willing to do anything as long as I can hear God's voice talking to me. He said, well, you, need to, uh, you have to commit to a five-year vow of silence. He said, whew, that's going to be tough. That's the only way. You've got to remove all the distractions. The only way you can be intimate with the Lord and hear his voice, according to us, is you've got to remove everything. You can't say a word, and God will speak to you. He said, okay, I'll do it. And at the end of five years, I mean, he went about doing this work, growing plants for the monastery, all that he had to do. Wasn't allowed to say a word. And at the end of five years, they brought him in front of the monk council. And they said, I got, we got good news for you. It's been exactly five years. And as a result, we're going to allow you to say three words. You can write them down. And they'll be the three words of everything you've heard, everything you've learned, everything you've experienced. What three words mean the most for you to say to us today? And he wrote on a piece of, be- uh, piece of paper, bed is hard. Wow. And they say, well, listen, have you heard God's voice yet? And he goes, they say, well, we want you to get, commit to another five years. And in that five years of Palestine, God will speak to you. He said, okay. He nods his head. So he goes another five years. At the end of five years, they bring him back in front of the council. and said, this time, you only get to say two words. What are your two words? And he wrote down a piece of paper, food stinks. It's just God's not speaking nothing to you. You're not really becoming intimate and close with God yet. He goes, he said, well, five more years, and I promise you, at the end of five years, something's going to happen. Five more years, and at the end of five years, they bring him in front of the whole monk council, and they sit him down, and he writes these words on the piece of paper, I quit. The monks look at each other and say, good, because all you've been doing is complaining the whole time you've been here. <laughs> we talk about intimacy. You know, we all need intimacy with others, but intimacy with others outside of an intimate relationship with God will not produce the growth that you need in your soul. Because the creator of heaven and earth, the one who knows you, who made you, the one who built you and formulated you, that is the person that you need an intimate relationship with. 
And can I tell you something? Unfortunately, religion teaches us that if we do some good things, then we'll get some good things from God. This is not what God intended. God wanted a relationship with his sons and daughters just like you want a relationship with your children. God wants to know you intimately and wants you to, to know him intimately. In fact, I heard the one preacher say the word intimacy means intimacy. See into me. I want someone to know who I am. And each and every one of us have inside of us this desire, this need to be known by someone. To this someone that we can just be real and honest. In fact, I would say that intimacy is more like this. It's more of a heart-to-heart relationship. It's more of an exposing of who I am and, and, and what I'm not good at and what I, what I stink at. And you still love me. And we have this relationship that is strong. And that intimacy to me is that person or that, that, that individual that you interact with that they know stuff about you that nobody else knows about you that you have this little thing going that they you giggle when this little thing happens on tv and they giggle because <laughs> you two are the only one that knows what you're talking about that's what you call intimacy and unfortunately christianity as i see it now has lost this intimate relationship with the god who made them and it's time to get back to an intimate relationship with the one who loves you who died for you who saved your soul who wants to interact with you and wants to know you and you want to know him and when you and i have intimacy in God, what happens is our confidence goes through the roof. Our abilities go through the roof. Uh, What happens is we become like him. There's a key scripture in this whole thing, and that's found in Psalms chapter 91, verse 1, and it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What this is is a communication of, of a call to be intimate with the Lord. He says, listen, if you'll come dwell with me in the secret place of the Almighty, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, I will protect you if you will come and be with me. You will know me and I will know you. What a beautiful call to come and be in the secret place. Now, people talk about the secret place uh, and they talk about, you know, this interaction that they have with the Lord. And today I'm hoping to get you to that place where it becomes a practical as well as spiritual interaction that you know exactly maybe how to initiate that. Some of you aren't really good with intimacy. In fact, all the men, the moment I start talking about intimacy, they get all nervous like, man, look, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But, what, but here's the problem. Is that if you're not intimate with the Lord, then you won't know how to be intimate with anyone else. And intimacy has been stolen by sexuality. In fact, we got an entire generation that thinks that intimacy is sexuality. And that's why they're so messed up because they keep having more and more different type of sexuality experiences and it still doesn't satisfy the longing of their heart, the longing of their soul to be known, to be known by the living God, to have peace and joy on the inside that comes only from abiding in the secret place with the Most High. comes only from interacting with the one who created you and me, who speaks life into the core of who we are when we have these abiding moments and these times with our Savior. Isn't that good? Somebody ought to shout amen. Look at John chapter 15, verse 7. This is one of my favorite passages about this. And Jesus says this about abiding. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Did you hear that? See, here's the problem. People don't understand why God doesn't answer their prayer request. He doesn't answer their prayer request because they don't abide in him. Because this scripture says, if you abide in me, then you can ask whatever you want. It'll be done. The reason that is because if I'm abiding with Jesus, I'm not going to ask for stupid stuff because I'm, I'm becoming like him. When I'm abiding in, in God and I know his nature and his characteristics, I can't pray, oh God, kill my coworker. They need to die. And if you don't kill them, you don't love me. I mean, we can't pray. I, I know not to pray that way. 
I know not to pray, oh God, let my husband get hit by a truck because I'm ready for a new man. I know that, I know that those prayers are not being heard by the living wife because I'm abiding with him. I'm interacting with him. I know his nature. I know his characteristics. I know what he wants. I want what he wants, and we become one. Jesus said, if you abide in me. And let me break this word abide down in the Greek. That's the word meno, and it actually means to stay in a given place. To, or a given place or state, relation. Or expectancy. Oh, to abide in God. To love him. Wake up every morning and say, God, I'm with you. And you're with me. Speak to me. Talk to me. Interact with me. When I was a young man and first became a Christian in the Church of Christ, we'd sing this song about, I come to the garden alone. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joys we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. See, those old hymns grasped intimacy. They grasped them. Now we sing about, give me this, give me that, need more of this. We don't know what it is to abide. I love the old hymns because it says, listen, walk with him in the garden. Sit with him in the cool of the day. Interact with your Savior. Interact with your God. and He'll tell you the deep things of life. And he'll show you what's hindering you and hurting you and causing you pain. You know, I kind of liken intimacy to all the things that these plants need. The key thing is they need water. As we pour that water over them and give them what they need with the water, it's one of the key components to keep them growing. In fact, if they don't have the water... They dry up. I can't tell you how many Christians are drying up. Because they don't have any intimacy with the Lord. They had this experience where they got planted in God. And it was awesome. It was so wonderful. But then from there, they never continued intimacy with the Lord. And as a result, they're hoping that on Sunday, somehow I can help them with that. Somehow that Lance is going to sing the best song ever. And it's going to really bring out that intimacy. And some of you, it's so funny to watch you. Because you show up here on Sunday... He's trying to get here. Can you get here? He said, put those kids back there. I don't care what y'all do with them. I just, I just need God. I need something. I just need something. And then Pastor Lance sings some song that you don't like, and you're like, why? Why did you sing that? I barely made it here. I'm on empty. And friend, can I tell you something? If your whole experience with the Lord is limited to an hour and a half on a Sunday... You're going to dry up. If I water them once a week and put three gallons on top of them because they hadn't had nothing all throughout the week, come on, all you little plant people. You know good and well it's just going to kill it as fast as all get out. And that's what's the problem with the church is we keep thinking that somehow Sunday's going to fix it. The rest of you smart enough to say, it ain't fixing nothing. I'm just mad I ain't had to be here. You and I have to learn to walk in intimacy. And I want to give you some thoughts on that. First and foremost, intimacy, one of the key components of that is love. And and, and, in in the Holy Scripture, there are two concepts of love in the New Testament. There are two words that kind of ring out in the Greek. And then we translate it in the English just as love. But there are two types of love, if you will, expressed in the Greek language. And we find these working in the New Testament and in the Greek language. The first one is phileo. Phileo. And uh, phileo means to have ardent affection and feeling. It's a, it's a type of impulsive love. 
It's like, dude, I love you, man. Yeah, I love you. That's awesome. It's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's an affection. It's a feeling. I feel good. So I feel that. Man, I just feel the love in this place. I just feel it. That's phileo. But there's a second word to represent another component of love or another expression or definition of love. And that's the word, if you will, agape or agapeo is in this form that we're going to use today. And that means to have esteem or high regard. To, if I could illustrate it like this. So, so phileo love is, man, I like you, dude. That's awesome. Man, I feel that right now. I feel this enjoyment. Agape is, I give you everything of who I am. I recognize that you are God and I am not. And I can't believe you've been letting me serve you. This is the two different types of that love of love. And we see these two love pieces interacting in this moment that Jesus has with the Apostle Peter. Jesus has died, he has resurrected. And then he has started to appear to the disciples. And there's this moment in the book of John, chapter 21, verse 15, where Peter and a group of the other disciples have gone back fishing. They've gone back to their old way of life. I would imagine they're thinking, we were wrong. Jesus wasn't really the Messiah. He died. They say he's resurrected, but, you know, can we really? What do we do now? And it says that they're out fishing one night, and they're fishing throughout the night. And it comes early in the morning, and on the shore is someone with a fire going. We know that it's Jesus, and Jesus calls out to them. Have you caught any fish? Now, I think that happens pretty periodically for fishermen. You know, I know if somebody's fishing, I walk past them, I'm like, dude, you catch anything? And so, and so they probably have heard this throughout the morning. And Jesus says, have you, have you caught any fish? And he said, no, not been a good night. I would imagine that the, that the sun's starting to rise, the, the fog off the water starting to clear. And, and he says, well, throw it on the other side. <laughs> you big idiot. Like, uh, like, you on the shore, you don't fish. We're professional fishermen. Well, might as well. He's sitting there staring at us. And they throw the net on the other side. And the moment they do, they catch more fish and they know what to do with it. And this is the second experience that Peter's had with Jesus. He had had that three years earlier. And he recognizes this is Jesus. He's risen from the dead. He throws off everything that he has. He's in his, and he's in his drawers. And he, starts, he just swims to shore. The guys pull the fish ashore. And, and they interact with Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, let's go take a walk. Because remember, Peter had denied him three times. They go take this walk. And I've, I've, I've given you this storyline multiple times in, in, in the years past. But as they walk, Jesus asks him this question. He says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me? And Peter responds with, Lord, I phileo you. Lord, I, I feel it, man. I feel the emotion right now. And, and I really, man, I feel it. Yeah, but Peter, do you agape me? Jesus, you know I phileo you. You know that, 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 you know, I feel this thing, and this is awesome. You've done so much for me. Peter, do you agape me? Do you see who I am? Do you surrender? Do you love me as what I am, the creator of the world? At the last response, Peter goes, Jesus, I agape you. The difference in those two loves. See, Peter has been with Jesus for three years and he still doesn't have intimacy. Because the starting point with intimacy is when you and I say, I'm not coming to Christ for what I can get out of it anymore. I love Christ. I love the Lord because he's God. And God has walked into my life. And God has opened up his life 
so I can have into him see, intimacy. I can see into him, and I will open up my life so into me he can see, and the two can become one, and I can have whatever I ask. Why? Because I am in God, and God is in me, and as he speaks, it makes sense to me because I've opened up my heart and said, I don't want to hear what I want to hear. I want to hear what you got to say. I don't want to be what I want to be. I want to be what you want me to be. I'm not going to be what I am. I'm going to be what I am is, and I want to be with him all my day. And the moment Peter has this revelation, he's been with him three years, and he still hasn't had intimacy with Christ until this moment. A revelation, agape. Do you agape? Jesus did not leave and ascend into heaven until he got Peter to the place of agape, until he got Peter to a place of intimacy. Friend, I can tell you something. You can be around Jesus since you were a little kid. You could have grown up in the church and know everything about the church and how to organize the church and how to preach and how to pray and how to do little organization pieces and still not know God. And at the end of it all, he says, depart from me those who I do not know. I don't know you. We don't have any intimacy. I don't, I, I don't know the deep things of your heart and you don't know the deep things of my heart. Why? Because I gave you a will and you have not allowed yourself to come close to me. Can I tell you something? That will be a miserable day on that day for those who went to church but never knew agape love with Jesus. What I love about this whole teaching is that these plants cannot survive. They will not grow. They will not be anything until they have intimacy or, if you will, water. We will not grow. We cannot continue on. i, I never forget I was at this church preaching when I used to travel. And, you know, I'm like I always am. I'm always spitting and yelling and being excited. And that's not, that's not what I do to preach to you. That's who I am because I found real love because God's come into my life. And he and I have an intimate relationship. And I'm preaching like that one time. And afterwards, this old fellow walked up to me. He said, preacher, can I say something to you? I said, yes, sir. He said, son, how long do you think I've been a Christian? So I'm looking at him I'm like. I don't know, since dirt, I have no idea. He said, I've been, I've been saying 60, 63 years. I said, oh, that's, that's awesome. You must be raising the dead. He said, yep, yeah, yeah. He said, let me, let, I want to help you. Can I help you? Yes, sir, man, 63 years. You know a lot of the Bible. Tell me something I can do better at. He said, son, all that jumping around and being excited. He said, let me just help you. He said, there's going to come a moment where you're just going to mature right past all of that. He said, you're just going to settle in and see you'll be like me. I promise you, God is my witness. With that old man standing right there, I looked up into heaven. I said, if this is what I got to look forward to, kill me right now. Right now. See, the problem was he was too late. Too late. Because I grew up around folks, no matter what their age was, who served God with all of their heart, who had an intimate relationship with the Lord, who was constantly growing and maturing and reproducing and becoming more like Jesus, which was full of kindness and gentleness and caring. Come on, are you with me? Say yes. And so as a result, that old man's bitterness could not hurt me. Why? Just because he dried up, I wasn't about to let him cause me to dry up. Just because he had become old and crackety and cranky and mean and frustrated doesn't mean I was going to become that. That's not 
not maturity. What that is is dead, and I refuse to die. Come on, somebody. I am going to be full of intimacy and love with my living Savior. So with that being said, let me give you a couple of keys on how you and I can actually, actually, you know what I want to do? I, I, had, I had, a, had a great experience with one of the members in our church, Tony Davila, and he's here with his beautiful wife. And, uh, and so he had this experience with the Lord recently, and I wanted him to testify about it. So we captured it on video. I want to play that for you now. So here's Tony and I talking about intimacy. So, hey guys, I'm here with Tony Davila. Davila. <laughs> I never say his name right. And uh, what a great man of God. Been in our church for a number of years. And, you know, we're talking about this intimacy. And uh, last week or week before, Tony and I were talking after service. And he said, uh, he made this statement to me. He said, Pastor, you're not going to believe what happened to me. Just like 35 days ago or something, 30 days ago, mm-hmm. I had this encounter with the Lord and have been having it for 30 days. He, and he said this, he said this statement. He said, you know, I came to church on the hill. I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with God. I wanted God. But I didn't really know God mm-hmm. and, and, and have been back and forth, struggling with your flesh, struggling with sin nature. Speak to that a little bit because that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, today. well, uh, so when I first came to Church on the Hill about four and a half years ago, when we were in that Methodist, not Methodist church, now we have this awesome place, you know. Um, you know, I fell in love with the community, the, the love of Christ through the people, you know. And so I didn't, I didn't know, I thought I knew God because I knew his people, but I didn't have a relationship with him. Yeah. I didn't have intimacy with him. So, so as soon as somebody did me wrong, I, I was done. I was, I was, yeah. I was yeah. at rock bottom, I hit rock bottom. So I, I, I was like, God, like th- this isn't you. Like, so I was lost at everything. I, d- I didn't have intimacy. So once I found my identity yep. in Christ and the cross, wow. That's where it all changed. And you have really had a revelation of the fear of the Lord. Speak mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, the fear of the Lord is what, what brought me into that because I understood that to have fear of the Lord is having reverence in all of Him. Yeah. Like He holds us in the span of His hand. And, and uh, to understand that is just like our problems and all that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, because from that point, you're like, I don't care what anybody else no, thinks. No, I just no. want God. That's all I want. That's I don't care. I, I don't care if you like me or don't no, like me. No. I just want God. Mm-hmm. And in that relationship, development mm-hmm. you found intimacy with mm-hmm. christ and i'm telling you it's been crazy you've been seeing miracles the yeah. last 30 days i yeah. mean it's, it's just it's stupid tell me some of those things like well yeah i mean like there's some i pulled state troopers over and prayed for them I mean, <laughs> they didn't pull you over you pulled i them pulled over. them over <laughs> atheists i love church on the like, hill words of knowledge for atheists like oh you know God. like brought them to tears wow. you know like insane like crazy stuff wow. yeah Man. crazy stuff intimacy that's what we're after mm-hmm. see into me lord see me see who, mm-hmm. who i am and let me see who you yes. are and this is the place where we actually have growth and it is one of the key components for our development and our growth mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. intimacy come on give it up for tony what a great what a great truth what a great truth and i'll tell you some of you may end up in the same situation if you're not careful if you just think that church on the hill is going to fix you i can't grow you in an hour and a half on a sunday you got to you got to get the basic elements, the basic needs of your life being fulfilled from your God. You need security from Him, and you need intimacy with Him. And so let me give you a couple thoughts, if you will, a couple keys to developing intimacy with the Lord. And these are things I've extracted over, uh, over time out of the Word of God, as well as my own personal life and how I've grown in intimacy. So these are, these are a couple keys to developing intimacy. Number one, you've got to turn phileo love into agape love. 
You've got to get past the place where I think it's cool to be a Christian, where I, I'm hoping that he'll help my truck not break down and give me a good job. You've got to get past that, and I'm doing this because my wife wants me to. You've got to get past that, that kind of, you know, I, I think Jesus is cool, and I think church is good, trying to be a good person. You've got to get past that and come into intimate relationship with the living God in an agape type of format where you open up your heart and say, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What you want me to do with my life is not mine. It's yours. Who you are, I want to know. Come and take your life and my life and superimpose your life over mine until I look just like you. This is agape love. And let me give you a couple, you know, just thoughts that you can understand the difference kind of in phileo one more time and agape. Phileo is I believe in you. Agape is I surrender my life to you. Phileo is I like the feeling I have right now. But agape is I will follow you no matter what feelings come or go. Phileo is I'm enamored with you. And agape is I'm in awe of you. And I just want to remind you of this. Peter did three years with Jesus. I think if I hung out with Jesus after about three years, I'd be raising the dead. I'd walk past, I would think that after I spent that much time with Jesus, I would walk past, you know, uh, you know graveyards and people would just start popping up. I would think that if I spent that kind of time, but after three years, Peter still doesn't have it. So my point to you is, don't think that just because of this message, you're like, oh, I've got, I've got to be intimate with the Lord, and you're going to walk outside, and now because of this message, those birds, I see God in them. Oh, look at the trees. They grow for the Lord. I, you know, I'm not, I, I, it's going to take some time to go from not being intimate, come on somebody, to being intimate, all right? So, but you got to recognize, I love him, I like him a lot, I got phileo, but I want to turn that into agape, to where I live in awe of who he is, and I live in awe of what he's doing in me, and I see it, and I don't, I don't step past it. And so here's the second key, uh, key that I would give you, and that is you need to create an environment of worship in your life. You need to create an environment of worship in your life. How crazy is it that the only time you worship your God and interact with him is on a Sunday. Or if you might go to a small group. Guys, even if you went to a small group once a week and you did service every Sunday, that's about three hours of your whole week. Can you imagine if I only watered them twice a week? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I just, I just came just a little bit on Sunday and I just say, I hope this helps you grow, my little ones. That's crazy. That's ignorant. I love you. That's stupid. Anyway, that's... It's not going to grow. You and I have to create an environment of worship in our life. And so let me give you a couple thoughts on how I do that. Number one, you need to stop. Stop. At some point in the day, stop texting. Stop social media. Stop watching TV. Stop working. And just be with God. Stop. Stop. Listen, my little girl the other day, she's fourth grader. She talked for three hours straight. Only people with kids really get what I'm about to say. <laughs> and after, I was in it, man. I was being a good dad. Oh, amen. Oh, I know, babe. Oh, you, I can't believe they did that. And two hours into it, I realized she ain't listening to a word I'm saying back to her. So it don't matter. And so I just started grunting from that point forward, thinking about other stuff. Mm. And I just, you know, I just, that's where the man develops a grunt, by the way, ladies. I just want you to know. And so, and so, it's, it's so after, after three hours, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, Adeline, stop. She's like, what? I said, baby, you haven't taken it. I don't know how you breathed over the last three hours. Because you've been exhaling words for three hours straight. I don't know when air went in. I know when it came out, but I didn't know when it went in. I said, baby, you have to stop talking. Listen, 10 minutes, you're not allowed to talk for the next 10 minutes. Sit there quietly. Guys, it was three minutes into her ten minutes, and I hear, 
And I know, listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I need each of you to create a worship environment in your life daily. And I know good and well that the moment you finally shut up and you stop running around and being busy about what busyness you're going to be busy about and how busy you're going to be, because we think that busy means we're important. And once you finally stop being so busy and you just stop, I guarantee you, three minutes into worshiping God, you're going to be... You're going to come clear in your cubicle at work. Just trying to have some time with the Lord on my lunch break. Hope nobody saw that. But that's the reason is because you're so overwhelmed with everything else and so stressed out because you never just stop and share intimate times with the Lord. And as you grow and mature in Christ, you'll recognize that there are all these spots in your life that you can just be intimate with the Lord. You can just talk to him, driving to work. Turn Fox News off. Just instead of hearing how bad the world is and we're all going to die tomorrow, and just hear what God says. Just listen to him. Talk with him. Create a worship environment. Get your favorite worship. Everybody's got a different style of worship. Get your favorite. Go, go, go get you a Spotify account. Get your favorite worship play in and, and just play it. You know, I'm telling you, you've got to create this moment, this place, if you will, this environment of worship. And that way you and God can interact. Because, friend, can I tell you something? Every demon in hell's goal is to keep you from being intimate with God. Every demon, they want to distract you. Look over here, look over here, look over Have you ever said, today, I'm going to spend the whole day with the Lord? Don't say that out loud, I'm convinced. Because then the little demons go, <laughs> and they go blow something up, you know? Your kid breaks his ankle, you know, getting out of bed. Like, how did you break your ankle getting out of bed? Or, you know, your hot water heater blows up, you know, because you were going to spend time with the Lord. That, I mean, it's the plan of the enemy to keep you from engaging your creator. Oh, but can I tell you something? Those of, the, those of us that are a little older. Have you ever been around older Christians? Oh, they figure this whole thing out. They just get up early in the morning. They get their coffee. They sit out on the back porch. They watch the squirrels destroy the yard. They talk about, man, mm, I see God in the leaves. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to find my keys. <laughs> At that moment, anybody know what I'm talking about? But, you know, they, the older folks have figured it out. They're like, look, we, we all going to die anyway. What y'all running around for? <laughs> and they've learned to just settle life down and in, engage their father. And can, can I tell you something? Some of you lack in intimacy and you're burning yourself out. You're stressed out. You're drying out and you're mad at the church about it. And you're mad at God about it. God's like, I can't get you to sit still long enough to talk to you. I can't give you any solutions. You keep watching everybody else's video and trying to find out what everybody else says is your problem, what everybody else says is your solution. Won't you sit down with me? I'm the one who created you. I can help you, and I can bring confidence to you. Let's have some time of intimacy. And here's the third thing that I would teach you to do, and that is to trust him with the deepest chambers of your heart. Trust him with the deepest chambers of your heart. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing from all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. I do not know why we think that we can hide our heart from God. There are times when I'm just interacting with the Lord throughout the day. There have been times where I just sat down, and I was just mad. I'm mad at you. You did not do what I thought you were going to do. And he just let me pout for a little bit, and all of a sudden a scripture will come. My ways are higher than your ways, stupid. I don't think he adds the stupid at the end. I think that's my flesh, but still, that's how I hear it. It's amazing how we think that hiding those deep things of our heart
causes us not to be, you know, disrespectful. I agree that we shouldn't be disrespectful to the Lord, but I also believe we've got to be authentic with our best friend. And say, so, you know, Lord, I'm struggling right now. I, I, I'm really, I'm having a difficulty with this job. I'm having a difficulty with what I think you told me to do. I'm not liking my spouse. I need you to help me. And I think it's in that authenticity that we can hear his voice speak back to us. I think inauthenticity causes people not to have real relationship. You know the person I'm talking about. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm going to say, all right. All right. All right now. All right. I had a guy like that. Every time he talked to me, he looked past me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I know right. I know that's right. Uh-huh. Right? i like, pow. Talking to you. Nothing makes me more mad than I'm talking to my kids, trying to have some real conversation. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm like, I paid for that. I will take that away. And then they remind me, you don't pay for it anymore. We pay for it now. <laughs> uh, you need to trust him with the deep chambers of your heart. The t- person who knows you the best is the one who knows your deepest secrets. Come on, some of you guys married, some of you had this relationship back in the day, and they were your best, your best friend, your bestie. And they, they know things that nobody else knows. And so when everyone's sitting around and someone says butterflies, because <laughs> butterflies mean something, but y'all the only one knows the secret butterfly code. Why? Because you're besties. God and I have some secret bestie codes. I laugh. You'll see me laughing in the middle of worship. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No, I mean, I'm, I am... No, God is speaking to me, and we have our little things. And Why do you not have that with the Lord? He wants that with you. Here's a fourth thing that I would encourage you with, and that is to pray in the Spirit. And I'll just help you as your pastor. Some of you come out of denominational backgrounds and folks who've told you that, that praying in the Spirit or praying in other tongues is, uh, is a gift for only certain people, and you don't have to have that, and you don't need that. And, and I would disagree with them. I would disagree with them on that it's only for certain people. I would say to you, that praying in the Spirit according to Scripture, praying in the Spirit is building yourself up in your most holy faith. It says, and pray ye in the Spirit and building yourself up in your most holy faith. If you and your best friend have these little secret code languages, if you do that, why does God not want to have that with you? And that's how I see praying in the Spirit is. It's me and him in an intimate conversation, a language that's for he and I, that speaks to the depths of my heart and the depths of his heart. And you say, well, I've never experienced that. And I'm sorry that people have misappropriated that. I am so sorry. But that doesn't negate that that's what he's given us in Scripture. In fact, you say, well, I really struggle with that. Well, let me just help you out. If you like the New Testament even a little bit, do you know that every one of the writers of the New Testament prayed in other tongues? In other words, as they were engaging in intimacy with the Lord, praying in the Spirit, God gave them downloads on what to write, and it became your New Testament that you consider to be truth in your life. So just keep that in mind. It's not being so judgmental and critical because other people misappropriate it. You say, well, how do I go about receiving that? Well, I would love for you to come to Encounter this Friday night where we can help you receive that. 
That's why we, why we do encounters, so we can experience the Lord and do it in an intimate environment, not on a Sunday morning where, you know, it's so intimate, you know, and people are like, dude, oh, it's Sunday morning. We do it in an intimate environment on Friday and Saturday, this coming up week. I encourage you to come out. Let's get the prophetic word moving. God will speak to you through prophecy and words of knowledge, give you a beautiful prayer language, interact with him, heal up all those old wounds from the past. A beautiful time. You ought to come out with us. That was a little shameless plug. Let's move to number five, last and final key. Develop an intimacy, and that is you need to relax in his responding love. So some of you are just, you're already just amped up people. You're always amped up. And so you show up to your moment with God. All right, number one, what do you want to do about it? Number two, what do you want to do about that? Number three, okay, I got to read a scripture. Run over here and read a scripture. Okay, I got to go listen to a podcast real quick. Okay, woo, that was a great time with the Lord. Friend, that's not intimacy. Okay? All right? Do that when you're married. See how well that works. Okay, so, so intimacy, and the key component is just relaxing as he responds to you in his love. So people tell me all the time, man, that message changed my life. You were preaching just to me, weren't you? You prepared that. You knew what I was going through, and you, I get told that every Sunday. And I always have to tell them, no, I was just in an intimate time with the Lord, just praying interacting with him, relaxing, and he told me, preach on this. And I said, okay. So he knows what you need, and he had me develop that in this message because that's you and his secret thing that he told you he was going to help you with, and he told me to do this so it would help you because he loves you and because he enjoys being with you and because he has these little setups for you all throughout the week to show you that he's there and that he's living and abiding in you. Frank, can I explain something to you? Stop talking so much when you're with the Lord and just relax and let him love on you. Sometimes I'll just sit there. Last night I just sat there for hours and I just said, Lord, come. Just be with me. Lord, I just I got all these precious people of yours. I don't want to misappropriate anything, God. I'm scared that somehow they'll see me and not see you. God, please come. And he just brought relaxation on me. Brought out these passages, these points. Just for you. Because he loves you and he loves me. Learn to relax in his presence. And let him respond to you in his love. People tell me all the time, I don't hear God's voice. I don't hear God's voice. And I ask him, so do you have times of intimacy with him? Well, like I go to church. Well, good luck. I, I don't know about you. It's hard to be intimate with my God in a big group of people. Right? And so creating that environment Trusting that environment, exposing your heart to truth to him, and then letting him respond is really the key component. Would you stand with me all across the room? I hope this has helped you a little bit. Everybody say grow. Come on, everybody say, I want to grow. Somebody say, I want to keep growing. There you go. We're going to produce fruit. So with that being said, I want you to close your eyes with me all across the room. The basic needs. You've got to have security in your life or you can't stand and fight and defend and grow. You've got to have intimacy in your life. God made you to have it. He made you to have intimacy with Him. That's why some of you are dry and frustrated and agitated and you're mad that church doesn't produce that in you. It's because you have a a misappropriation of truth. You can't once a week care for these plants and cause them to grow. Oh, the Lord wants an intimate relationship with you. 
He wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to interact with you. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to hear you say it. So he knows everything. Why, why, is he, why, is he, why don't you just do it? He wants to hear you. He wants to engage you. I know everything about my kids, but I want to hear them talk about it. I want to engage with them. I want to, I want to stand there and weep with them. And I want to laugh with them. And I want, to, I want to hear how they saw that that went down. And I want to fuss about the coach not putting them in the game with them. I want to be, be there with them. I want to experience it with them. And that's what God wants with you. As you stand here with your head bowed and your eye closed, have you been so busy that there's no environment of worship in your life? You're hoping that Sunday will produce that for you. Would you just take a moment and say, Lord, help me with that. Have you gotten so stressed out that you don't even hear his voice anymore? You don't even know what he's saying anymore? You're hoping that the pastor will tell you what God says? Oh, friend, don't be like that. Have you, have you been consumed with phileo love that you have never experienced agape love? Oh, I love what Tony said to us. He taught us the truth, guys. Been in our church four and a half years. Love the community. Going to small group every time he can get to one. Coming to all the services. Beautiful Christian wife. Beautiful new baby. Reading all the scriptures he could read, but did not have agape love. Didn't have it. Didn't have intimacy with the Father. And as a result of not having intimacy, couldn't keep himself straight. Father, I pray right now for every one of our congregation, Lord God, that they would know you intimately, that they would experience the intimacy that that you and I have, Lord, but even in a deeper way. That, Lord God, the men of our church, Lord God, would be men of depth. They wouldn't be shallow Christians who've got a couple little little statements that they can make every now and then to kind of show people they kind of know God. But, Lord, they would have the depth of understanding of who you are to lead their families. But the women of our church, Lord God, would be so tenderhearted they would be prophetesses in the house of the Lord. They would see what others can't see because they're so close to you. Lord, that our children, Lord God, would come into our bedrooms early in the morning and say, God, wouldn't I were just talking? Jesus told me to tell you this, Dad. What? Lord, that our congregation would be intimate with you, Jesus. An abiding love. A love that cannot be stolen. As you keep your head bowed and your eye closed, if today you're in this place and you say, Pastor, i got to be honest with you. I don't, I, I kind of burned out years ago and, you know, I got planted in God and then, I, you're right, I didn't ever water it. I didn't ever really interact with God in a proper way and I lost that relationship. I'm here today, I've been trying to figure out God, trying to get back to God. But to be honest with you, I don't know Him. I, I don't. But I want what you're talking about today. I want a real relationship with the real God. I don't want rules and regulations. I don't, I'm tired of trying to be good and not be bad. I can't do it. I just want God in my life. And I, I want to know him in a real way. I want to do like Peter did. And I want to bow my knee and say, yes, I agape you. I honor you above anything else in my life. I want you more than anything else in my life. Friend, if you're not a Christian, and you say, Pastor, I never did really understand this. And now I get it. The creator wants a relationship with me. And I want a relationship with him. If you're in this place and you're not sure whether or not you have a relationship with the living God, I'd like to introduce the two of you today. I'd like to pray with you. I'd like to connect you and God together through Jesus Christ. The Word of God says it like this. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He is the Christ, Son of the living God, He will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness because we're all sinners who need God's forgiveness. And that comes through making Jesus our Lord and Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if I'm speaking to you today, 
and you're ready for a change. I'm not going to embarrass you guys. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to try to connect you and Jesus in an intimate way in, in front of everyone so everyone can look at you and say, oh, yay, finally. No, 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 no. No one's looking around, but this could be your moment to make that change and to make Jesus the Lord of your life. No one's looking. If that's you, I'm speaking to you. Say, Pastor, that's me. It's time. I want to know God. I want Him in my life. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right where you're at? And I want to pray with you across this room. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thanks for thank you for your for your sincerity. I remember. I remember multiple times lifting my hand. I remember multiple times. Because I'd walked away, I'd dried up one, one or two times in the process and needed to come back to the Lord. Is there anyone else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. I see it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Give you about two more seconds. Pastor, pray for me. This is my moment. I'm ready to come back. To... Thank you, sir. You can put it down. God bless you. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer connecting the two of you. Connecting you to God. The seed's going to go down in that soil. It's happening right here and now. Growth is going to start happening as you and Jesus become one. I want you to pray this prayer. And I don't think there's anything magical about the prayer. I think what's supernatural is you lifted your hand and said, I need God. I'm tired of living like this. He'll do the rest. Let's you and I just give ourselves to him. In fact, I'd like everyone in the audience to pray this out loud with those who lifted their hands. Let's say it like this. Say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I'm ashamed of what I've become, of how I've been living. Today I recognize I need you more than I've ever needed you. And today... I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I fall on your grace. Fall on your mercy. And I ask you now, fill me with your love. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. I promise to serve you all the days of my life. And I declare, Jesus is my Lord. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman who prayed that prayer maybe for the first time or maybe for a coming home time. Lord, I pray right now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding would guard them from this point forward. Guard their heart and their mind. And when the enemy says, you didn't mean that. You just got hyped up at that church. No, that they said, no, 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 no. I know who he is. He is the creator of heaven and earth and I now have a relationship with him. Oh, it's a new relationship. Oh, it's a young relationship, but I'm going to throw myself into it and he's going to throw himself into me and we're going to learn each other and become best friends and I'll hear his voice and whatever I ask, I will receive because why? Because he and I are one. Father, I pray right now that every man and woman in this room would have such a divine connection with you. Lord God, that over the next couple weeks, that intimacy would not be some strange word around here, that it wouldn't be connected to sexuality like the whole world has tried to do, but Lord, the intimacy with the creator of the world would be the love of our life and the enjoyment of our day and the, and the strengthening of who we are. And Lord, may those who haven't grown in a long time start growing again. As the water of intimacy pours over their dry and thirsty soul. Lord, may growth begin, may blossoms begin to happen, may miracles start happening, may you blow their mind as intimacy becomes a part of their life again. We cry out for these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.